Hey, welcome to 49ers After Dark. We're your hosts, Grant Cohn, Jesse Naylor. Uh, we're going to be talking about this cognitive test that's been kind of going viral. The new way to test a quarterback's decision-making. Brock Purdy essentially, apparently, aced it. And uh, Trey Lance did as well. Or, 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 so, or so we've been led to believe. I don't know, there's some controversy there. If you were up late on Twitter last night, there was a very interesting Twitter Spaces with uh, Jesse in there, and I was in there as well. So we're going to sort of continue that conversation. Jesse, take it take it away. Yeah, we, we definitely are. Real quick, though, I think your mic settings is going through your ear pods. I don't know if it's going through your mic. You don't sound as, like, amazing as you normally would. Let me fix it. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. There you go. Boom. Can you hear me now? Oh, yeah. That's much better. Ooh, now you sound like radio fresh. Yeah. My bad. I was having some uh, technical difficulties, but now you fixed it. Anyway, let's talk about yeah, the test. Yeah. All right. Let's 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 talk about it. First of all, I want to give a shout out to my guy, Marco Martinez. Over at Clutch Gene Sports, you can check out the full interview with um, Brandon. I think it's Brandon Allies, how you say it, or Ali. Either way. I feel like, hold on, I feel like you're having technical difficulties now. I am? Yeah, all of a sudden you're, okay. yeah, all of a sudden you sound like a robot. JM617, yeah, you do. Oh. Oh, you're back. Am I? Yeah, you're good now. Okay. Oh, you're good. You're good. StreamYard, right. man. That is love. What is going on? Okay. I'm blaming StreamYard. All right. Yeah, I, me too. Anytime I have technical difficulties, it's never my fault. It's always StreamYard's fault. Okay. So what sparked this whole thing was there was an article written by The Athletic a few days ago that talked about this cognitive test done by this company, S2. Um, Brandon Alley, or Ally, is the one that was um, questioned about this test. He is a co-founder. And if you read through the article, it basically talks about how amazing Brock Purdy did. And then it has a little blurb at the end that's like, uh, Trey Lance did good, but not as good as Brock Purdy. Let's keep it moving. And so a lot of people are like, oh, I mean, Brock's just so smart. And this is another reason that he's so good. This is why we should start him. All right. What, re what the reality of the situation is, is Marco Martinez. I want to give him a shout out. Clutch Gene Sports. You can go check out the full interview. If you just type it into uh, YouTube there, Clutch Gene Sports, it'll be right there. He... Um, did some research and found out that the test scores were a lot closer than what was reported. And so he had this gentleman on and asked about the test and the details of it and then asked that specific question. So let me go through what the test is just so this whole thing makes sense. And then I'll get into some of the, the details here. So the test is much different than the Wonderlick. It is a post-snap read test. There are nine cognitive tests for everybody that come up with a an overall score. However, out of these nine cognitive tests, there are four that pertain to each position group, more so than other position groups, all right? The test right now is currently the most accurate test for quarterbacks. And although the test shows cognitive ability to read plays post-snap, often like a player just playing more can unlock that ability. So you may have it there, but if you haven't played a lot, you're not necessarily going to unlock that brain ability. So an elite score 
is from the 80th percentile to the 99th percentile. And the reason there is such a wide margin of scoring that puts you in an elite category is because, like I said, there are nine cognitive tests. Four of them pertain to your position. So for example, Grant scores in the 95th percentile. I score in the 80th percentile. We're both elite. We both did the same on the four tests that pertain to the quarterback test, but I didn't do so good in the other areas. So my also, overall score is lower. Also, from what I understand, there's a margin for error, right? There is. With these About tests. a 3% so with, margin for error, yep. Yeah, so if, 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 you, if you got a 95, if you were in the 95th percentile and I was in the 92nd percentile, it's possible we got the same score because there's a three. Correct. So, okay. That's Correct. another reason why the, the, the ranges are large. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. These aren't scores. These are percentiles. Percentiles, yeah. It's, it's on like a, a graded curve, essentially. So the other thing that was really interesting to me is he said, so they've had over 3,000 NFL players test on this. There have been zero quarterbacks who have gone on to be elite in the NFL that were not elite on this test. Zero. Wow. I thought that was interesting. That is that I mean that shows that so as long so as long good. as you're above the 80 threshold, you're good. But if you're below it, you're pretty much screwed. Yeah. So so what he said was you're not guaranteed to be elite if you score elite not. because there are other things, physical ability, leadership, you know, things that go into it, decision making is is a person. But you if you are elite in the NFL, you are also elite in this test without mm -hmm. fail. So the biggest thing was Trey and Purdy both scored in the elite range and they were a lot closer. These are his words, a lot closer than the article would portray. So I just wanted to throw that out there. I wanted to be very precise and clear in what was actually said during this conversation. And like I said, anybody can go check it out for themselves. I just overall was kind of, not kind of, I, it's frustrating to have an article written and have it be so one-sided as if one guy on this team is really, really smart, and the other guy's he's all right, but he's not as good as the other guy. So that's why I wanted to clear it up. Yeah, because I'm sure like the author didn't have the intention to do that, but it has an effect on it has an impact, and it's yep. uh, it's interesting that it's like I don't know were the were the tests purposely misrepresented or just misunderstood. It seems like you know people who write about this aren't statisticians. And maybe they don't understand or whatever. But I, you know, I just I want to um, uh, admit that I didn't read the article because I don't have a subscription to the Athletic. So can I just ask you? Yeah. They mentioned Purdy. Did they mention other any other quarterbacks in this article? They did. They said that Burrow. So they cannot give out scores except for athletes that went to LSU. And the reason is is because they have a partnership with LSU. That's basically their uh, testing grounds. That's that's where they do. Um, new tests to kind of figure out if it's working with athletes or whatever. So they can release scores of LSU players. So one of the players that was mentioned in the article was Joe Burrow, who scored in the 97th percentile. So two quarterbacks they had, Purdy and Burrow. Yeah, the other quarterback they mentioned was Drew Brees. They did not give his score, but they basically put Purdy on this Drew Brees intelligence level. Okay, so Drew Brees, Purdy. Burrow and Mahomes. Okay. And Mahomes, obviously. But they didn't the give but they didn't give Mahomes a score. They couldn't give his score and they couldn't give Purdy score technically either. So it seems to me like <laughs> you're writing an article or you're presenting a case and you think that your audience already has a certain idea of who the cerebral quarterbacks are. 
Right. And so you're giving, you're finding like con, uh, confirming evidence. You already know these are the, you already think these are cerebral quarterbacks. Guess what? They did great on this test. As right. opposed to, you're never going to guess, but Trey Lance did great too. And you think of him as just an athlete, but he's actually, and what about this guy? Well, you, you, Kyler Murray was great at it. But it's like, oh, but that kind of like, you know, dilutes the importance of the test because no one really thinks of these quarterbacks as cerebral. That's just kind of confused people. So why don't we just keep it simple? That's the way I think about it, you know? I, it's not yeah. necessarily malicious, but you're trying to not confuse readers who are probably, I don't know. I didn't write the article. I didn't read the article. I have no idea what the motivation was, but it seems a little unfair. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I want to be clear too. You can go find a tweet from Adam Schefter when Trey Lance was drafted. And he's talking about in that tweet that the 49ers felt like, even more so than Mac Jones, that Trey Lance, because of a cognitive test, he didn't allude mm. to which one it is. It was it, Now we know it was this test was just as, if not more ready mentally than any other quarterback in the draft. And that was a big reason they took him. So I just, I don't appreciate the fact that um, one quarterback is propped up from a mental aptitude and another quarterback was not when you easily could have propped them both up in the article. All I know, here's the thing. I don't buy subscriptions to these places. Um, and I know these places are trying to sell subscriptions. So I always wonder, like, are you doing journalism? Or are you trying to sell subscriptions? I don't know. It seems like there's definitely a market for to tell people that there are these intangibles about Brock Purdy that makes him the most special quarterback of all time. There's a huge market if you can do that. There's also a big market to just slight trade lands left and right. And it seems like, I don't know, maybe if you want to get the most subscribers, those are the uh, notes you need to hit. I don't know the motivation of a group that's trying to sell subscriptions. I'm all on about ads, baby. I love ads. I want to sell everything. Remember that scene in Wayne's World where uh, uh, the other guy, who's what's the other guy in Wayne's World? I Garth. His name. Garth. He's over talk, talking about like how you can't sell out. You know, it's important not to sell out. And he's wearing like all yeah. Pepsi stuff and drinking. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's me. <laughs> yeah. That's you. That's me. Yeah. Totally understand yeah. that. Yeah. Can I ask you a question just because I don't fully understand how it works on that side of things? No. Okay. We're moving on. Uh, <laughs> so you. You don't actually. You are the editor, essentially, for uh, Fan Nation, where where you write. But normally, if you are just a writer for a conglomerate, whether it's the Athletic or Sports Illustrated, whoever, your stuff. It's not like you just write whatever and then it gets published, right? Like it has to go through an editor and get approval. Is is am See, I mistaken about where, that? Where I'm at, I can write whatever, and all my writers are free. You've written for me. Yes. Anyone is free to write whatever. I even had that Danny Kelly guy, right? He wrote like four articles for me. And eventually I was like, all right, man, that's enough. You've written the same article seven times. We're good. Right. Thank you, major point. But but to Other be fair, you are the editor, so you could decide was, what goes to publish, right? Like if I write something, true. it doesn't necessarily have to fully go to publish. You have to read no. it through. You have to make it. If it's insane, yeah. if it's insane, I'm not going to publish it or something for like sure. that. Okay. But, at the, but at the same time, I, I don't want to have like an echo chamber. Like you have to agree with my opinions yeah. at other places. I don't know how these things work. I have right. no idea how it works at the athletic. I wouldn't begin to pretend to know. Uh, all I know is it feels like they do have some high profile writers with the same opinion on this subject, but I don't know if they talk about it off the, you know, behind. I don't know. 
I don't know how it works. I'm not in the club. What ever will okay, be? Well, in what the about club. other places you worked for? I'm yeah. not trying to like put together like this hit that. What what I'm trying to say is is I'm trying to maybe give an out for the writer yeah. specifically and say, hey, you know, maybe there were certain things that were in there that were removed potentially. Like, I don't, is that a possibility or is that just that not happens. how it works? I don't know. It, it depends on the editor, but sometimes editors will, will say, I want this, look for that, mm. take this out. It depends. Some editors are hands-on, some editors say whatever you want to do. So I don't know how, how it's going on over there. I don't know if there's like an agenda in certain organizations like we're pro-Brock, we're anti-Trey, and we talk about it behind, I, I don't know. Maybe yeah. the world is a crazy place, but I'm not privy to those conversations. I don't know. Yeah, I guess I just don't know. Like, here, here's the thing. If it's an opinion piece, that's one thing. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't, that's what I do. I opine. Okay. I'm not here with yeah. like breaking news or whatever, but if you're going to be a, a journalist and that's what you do for a living and you're seeking out information specifically about this test and how the quarterbacks for the San Francisco 49ers scored. I would think that you would be very diligent in the questions you ask. By the way, it's not like Marco. I mean, Marco did a fantastic job with the interview, but it's not like Marco asked like crazy outlandish things and, and to pull this information from Brandon. Brandon was very forthcoming with this information. So that leads me. And to Brandon believe, made it. Brandon made it seem like he was surprised at how the information was re represented. Yes, right. Exa yeah, exactly. If that's the whole watch, thing. That's exactly what it sounds like. That's the that's whole exactly thing. What it sounds like. Yeah, like so. Like, wow, I gave the information. I was a little bit surprised at how it was laid out. I don't know. All I look. All I know is we know the the one beat writer. You know, who who loves Excel, Microsoft Excel. We know he's got a bit of an agenda, just like I do. Like I, I don't like Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he's not good. I kind of feel like the spreadsheet has decided a long time ago that Trey's not good. Maybe he could disagree with me on that. And I feel like, I don't know, like this is another person at the athletic kind of paired in that point of view, or at least marginalizing Trey. And maybe there's someone way up in that organization that's like, yeah, do that. I don't know. Yeah. How evil is the world? Is, the, is every corporation <laughs> controlled by someone who's like a Sith Lord? Maybe. I don't know. But what's nice about what I do is I'm not in contact with the Sith or the dark side. Yeah, that's fair. That's totally fair. Totally fair. I just, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know. I don't, I don't, don't, don't want to blame somebody. I've known Matt Barrows forever. I have respect for Matt, not only as a person, but as a journalist. And I didn't read the article. So I don't know what's going on over there. It's, it's yeah. curious. Um, but I, I really do respect Matt Barrows. I really do. That's all I got to say. That's all yeah, I got to say. And, and, that, and, you know, and that's the thing is I've heard you and your dad talk about a yeah. lot of different journalists. And every time yeah. his name is brought up, there's a lot of respect. And that's why I'm trying to I like do. figure out, is this- Does he have some bias against Trey that I don't know? I mean, I don't, I don't think so. I sit next to him all the time. He's never, I don't think so. So yeah. maybe it's just one of those things. Maybe it's just one of those things. But I think it's important. I think, was, I think we're, we're losing um, track of what's important. Who cares what the motivation of the athletic was? What's important is that Marco followed up like a good journalist, got- the guy on his podcast and got the, and, and that person went on at length explaining the test and saying, I'm a little surprised at how the information was portrayed in the article. That's all we need to know. Yeah. New information. Um, don't know why it was portrayed the first way originally, but who cares? It's not our problem. Marco yeah. is the, is the hero of the story. It's all that needs to be known. Very true. It's a hero. Very true. Yeah. Good job, Marco. Carol says, did article, uh, article report correlation relationship between scores and expert status? 
You addressed that. It did. I mean, it said that. Yeah. If you don't, if you're not in the top, if you're not above 80 percentile, you're in trouble. I'd love to know where Jimmy uh, scored in this test. Probably didn't take it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I don't know. I don't know. And I think the Niners' experience with Jimmy Garoppolo probably leads them to putting a lot of emphasis and weight into this test because that's their issue with Jimmy. They always love the way he threw. They watch yeah. him on tape. They're like, yeah, it's perfect. We love the way the ball comes out of his hand. They get him here. It's like, oh, my God, this guy is the worst decision maker on the field of all time. That's how they felt privately, I think. Don't sue me. That's how, you well, know what I'm saying? I think you can see a correlation. Like, let's let's look at what Brock Purdy did and what he did well. Immediately, why were the 49ers comfortable with allowing him to go play action under center and turn his back to the defense, but they weren't with Jimmy? Well, probably because he processes information rather quickly, which is the same ran, same reason you drafted Trey Lance, but then ran him out of pistol, which is not something he really did. So I don't I don't know. It's really interesting, but yes. Jordan Anderson says, why have the Niners turned so quickly on Lance without on-field evidence? Maybe Kyle found his Kirk Cousins and doesn't want to do any quarterback development. I have theories. Uh, okay, I actually do too. And, and le- let me give my theory real quick. This is the assumption that they have. like Because outwardly, it does seem like what you're saying, Jordan, is, is true. We, but we don't know that factually. But I feel like Kyle fell in love with what he thought Trey Lance could be. I don't think that he was willing to put in the work needed to get Trey Lance there. And so what's happened is he thought if I just sit him and send him to my people, it'll take care of itself and he'll hit the field and be Patrick Mahomes. And that is not the way that it works, unfortunately. And so now he's like, well, I don't got time for all this. Like I just, you're supposed to be ready. I don't know what to tell you. Get ready. Like, that's the way that I perceive the situation. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of get the feeling. I'm, I'm, never, I'm not really sold that he was ever in love with Lance. He has a type. He has a type, man. It's John Beck. It's Kirk Cousins. It's CJ Beathard. It's Brock Purdy. Let's st- come on. He has a type. And I think Mac Jones fits in the type. And I think he was talked out of it. I don't think the Niners really want to piss off their fans. And that would have pissed off their fans and they didn't do it. And I think people in the organization were like, come on, Kyle. Is there anyone else you like? Is there anyone else you like? And they're like, he was like, yeah, I like Trey. And I think it went from there. And I think he retreated real quick and re- went right back to his comfort zone, which was Jimmy and now Brock. And it burns, burns me up. That's how I feel about it. I don't know. I, I never really got the feeling that he loved him the way. You know, you know what love was? How Jim Harbaugh felt about Colin Kaepernick. That was palpable. It was almost awkward. It was like, you two, come on. Stop. There's people. Can I, can I say this, though? Uh, to be fair, <laughs> has he shown real love to any quarterback not named Kirk Cousins? No, but he shows love to running backs, left tackles, wide receivers. For sure. For sure. So I, that's just how he treats quarterbacks that aren't Kirk Cousins. Like Kirk, he and Kirk Cousins have like a thing, and it's incredible. But, that's, but also him and Chris Sims. That's how his dad did, too. I really feel like with the Shanahan's, they do a lot of good things. But developing quarterbacks for show ain't one of them. No. If you ask them to draft a quarterback, they're only going to find someone who fits their system. That is not what Andy Reid does. Andy Reid gets the best athletes. Donovan McNabb, boom. Not some guy who fits his freaking system. I'll work it out. Patrick Mahomes, oh, I got to do a little air raid stuff to make it. No problem. I'm Andy Reid. I can do that. Kyle, with the Shanahan's, they have to inherit a great quarterback. Yeah. Like Mike Mike inherited Steve Young and Joe and John Elway. That's why the Shanahan's are the Shanahan's. Kyle hasn't been that lucky. He inherited Matt Ryan, got close. 
if he could inherit Aaron Rodgers, you know, maybe we're talking. But you give him a project? <laughs> he should know that he can't do that. He should know. It's an interesting thing, though, Grant, because <laughs> no quarterbacks look the best they've ever looked in Shanahan's system, but they don't get better. And I, hurt. I mean, I don't know how to make sense of that. They they look great in the system, but they don't actually get better. So if they leave, they're not improved. Also, he's gone through six starting quarterbacks in six years. His dad in Washington went through five starting quarterbacks in four years. I'm telling you, if they don't have a Hall of Fame quarterback delivered to them on a silver platter, they're just going to go through quarterbacks and running backs relentlessly and say, oh, man, well, when healthy, I was great. Or I got this and this and this in place on my team. Yeah, man, but this is the most important thing. And you're you're genius. You're an offensive genius. And you can't find a quarterback? Like you're you're on Nick Mullins and John Beck and like Rex Grossman. Like what? Come on, man. Andy Reid's never in that situation. Ever. Ever. He's not looking for six foot quarterbacks with no arm. That's like, yeah, but he knows my system, though. Like he would never say something like that. Right. Andy Reid, come right. on. And that's that's a gap in Kyle Shanahan's genius resume. I, I want somebody to put together, like I think it's Bleacher Report does their little cartoon stuff throughout the NFL season. I think it'd be hilarious if somebody put together a cartoon of like Shanahan on an old school like 80s or 90s dating show and behind the three closed doors are different types of quarterbacks trying to win his love. <laughs> that's what came to my mind when you he's were like, talking about all that. He's like, did you line up under center in college? No. Yeah. <laughs> and he's asking a bunch of like quarterback love questions. I, I don't know. Either way, maybe I'll put it together. It sounds hilarious to me. It is funny. Kless says there are, there they are two best dudes on YouTube. Will you guys be doing after dark all off season? Hope so. Do we ever take long? Uh, no. I mean, the only time we Breaks? do is like if I'm on vacation for a week or you're on vacation. Yeah. I don't think we've taken more than one week off at a time. That, that reminds me no, of the Austin Powers when he's like, there you are. Do I know you? No, but there you are. <laughs> <laughs> why is no one talking about Cooper Rush? Because he's Cooper Rush. Like, why, Who doesn't yeah. talk about him for more than five seconds? He'll get yeah. it. He could be the guy. He'd be fine. Yeah. Cooper Rush. Patrick Moody says, I got to say that I love how the Seahawks, Eagles, and Jaguars draft, why the Niners can't be that way. If And if Trey Lance is traded, I got to find a new team to go spend my money on. He won't get a chance. You think uh, you think D'Amico trades for him? No. Maybe. So, somebody funny, will. Somebody what's will. What's funny and, is, and, like, mm. oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, don't, do not, if you are the San Francisco 49ers under any circumstance, if you want to win out in the end and have Trey Lance not be at his best, do not trade him to Washington and do not trade him to the Colts because if you do, he will develop and he will be a monster. Those are the two teams I would implore you not to trade him to. I just think it's funny how the Niners are acting like they've seen enough with Trey and he's probably not the one and Brock probably is. But at the same time, they're not going to get rid of Trey. They're afraid. They're afraid to get rid of Trey. And I think it's funny. Like it just acknowledges that the Niners don't know what the hell they're looking at when they look at the quarterback position. They didn't know. All they knew about Brock Purdy is that he was better than Nate Sudfeld. I could have told you that. They didn't think he was better than Jimmy Garoppolo. They had to learn that during games. So I'm thinking maybe the Niners shouldn't write off Trey Lance because of whatever they thought they saw in a practice. 
They also weren't sure he was better than Nate Sudfeld until the very last preseason game. Remember, they were alternating possessions to figure it out. You'd think an offensive genius like Kyle could see this, but I think he needs, he's like the rest of us, he needs to see it in a game. Um, All day, every day, Kim, all day, every day, says this one, this is the... One of the only teams that covet mediocre athletes at quarterback, the exact opposite of Trey, and some of these fans think it's okay. Thank you. If your scheme leads you to the mediocre or sub-mediocre athlete, there is something that you could improve about your scheme. Because all I know is that the Kansas City scheme and the Philly scheme is bringing in these freaking amazing athletes who can also play the position, and you're like looking for guys in round seven. I don't get that. I don't get that. <laughs> here's, here's what's no, interesting to me. We we now have proof that Trey is elite mentally. Okay. Yeah. We we know that. We thought this. We now know it. Okay. So he's elite mentally. We know that he has physical abilities much higher than that of Jimmy Garoppolo or Brock Purdy. We also know that he hasn't played a ton. But in the time that he has played, the little bit, if you're paying close attention, you have seen massive Flashes. leaps in little areas. Why would you not want to explore that further? That makes no sense to me. And and why is a fan would that not intrigue you? I don't get it. Because it's not Kyle's it. comfort zone. Kyle's comfort zone. Here's the thing. The whole team's comfort zone is the quarterback's name on the marquee is very small. Jimmy Garoppolo, he's not he's not the main name on the marquee. It's Kyle Shanahan, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, and and Jimmy Garoppolo too right there yeah. on the team. And yeah. that's Brock Purdy. You know, it missed, and Mr. Irrelevant, all, also there. But with Trey, it's Trey Lance. Trey, hey, hey, George, what do you think of Trey Lance this week? Hey, Trent, what were your thoughts on Trey Lance's performance? It's Trey Lance and the featuring, 49ers. Yeah. Featuring the 49ers, and they hate that. They freaking hate that. Kyle hates it. Kittle hates it. They're all a bunch of divas with their own egos, and they want to push the quarterback down because a real quarterback overshadows everything. That's how it goes. And I don't think they're ready for that. I think it the do- Niners want the quarterback to just be one of the guys. And that's what Jimmy was. It it does seem like the 49er players are very, very proud to say things like, quarterback doesn't matter with us. We're nah, so we don't need good. A quarterback. You just give Debo us a healthy that. quarterback and we're good. But it's Debo not just Debo. They all, they've all said it they in one them. way or another throughout the last couple of years. Have they not? We're so much better than the rest of the NFL that we actually don't need a good quarterback. Yo, who the fuck do you think you guys are? Are you right. kidding me? Where are your where's your hardware? It doesn't work like that in the NFL. 49ers daddy says I want to live in a world where the Niners built up and outwardly supported Lance, the quarterback they traded three first round picks to get. Would love to see that version of Lance. Yeah, me too. Can't believe we haven't gotten it. But I think you know what? I bet you Washington Commander fans are like, uh, you could have asked us. We lived through the Santa hands. They're doing it again. They're doing it. Oh, Trey Lance getting screwed over. Why don't you call up RG3? We, I'm t- I was hanging out my, I told you, but I was hanging out my cousin a few weeks ago. He's from Virginia. He's a big Washington fan. He's like, oh yeah. Uh, well, I lived through this with RG3. Being a Washington fan is awful. The one good year since the eighties was with RG3. They ruined it. He'll never forgive the Santa hands. And I get it. Yeah. Do you I throw the ball it. over 40 yards? At, no, you can't. You're not allowed to. How dare you throw the ball? You're not allowed to throw the ball farther than Kyle Shanahan. If you throw the ball farther than Kyle, he will put you in the in the in the uh doghouse. Should have known I'd have a I'd have to draw a pick. Rush is cheap and can be a third quarterback that can play if needed. Hey, he'd be a better option than Nick Mullins. No offense to the Mullins family. He 
he i mean yeah and i think to be fair i do think that that be rush fair. fits that mold of quarterbacks that would be willing to be the third guy i got so a drinking like game. a Wint or a mariota or a darnold or a mayfield or a whoever that's fair i have a new drinking game for the people who are watching because we all know everyone's drinking they're watching 49s after dark every <laughs> time jesse says to be fair you have to drink okay every like time it. Because the like thing about Jesse is he's nothing if not fair. So that's, that's a new true. game. That's to be true. fair, drink. Is, is that my crutch uh, phrase? Is that what I say? To be fair? I'm just, I'm just giving you a hard time. I don't I'm know. Maybe. No, I like it. It's, a, it's, such a, it's such a nice thing to say because that's who you are deep down. You're fair. It's just a fair. And that's a good individual. thing to be. You're fair. Like, hold on. All right, let's move on. I'm going to just start uh, saying it now. So if you're drinking, good luck. <laughs> I'm going to start every sentence with it, actually. So Nick Bosa was on a, he was on Richard Sherman's podcast today, and he said that the 49ers are going to re-sign uh, Emmanuel Mosley, which is news. Doesn't mean they will, but he's under the impression they will. Uh, I think the Niners really want to keep that defense, which they consider elite, together. Um, so the, that's another player the Niners are extending. Another one of their guys that they're going to give a big second contract to. And it's great. You know, you're keeping that group together. It's good for morale. You're rewarding a guy that you did. But at the same time, can't extend everyone. And it seems like the teams that win Super Bowls are kind of ruthless in this regard. What do you think of the Niners philosophy here with how they extend everyone except for Buckner? Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I do think you have to find your core group. You can't extend everybody, which is fair. I'm going to take this a different direction. Though. Tabor Pepper, definitely in the corp group. Thank God, Tabor Pepper. Yes, Congratulations, absolutely. Tabor. Yeah, absolutely. Got to take care of that. Yeah, I do. He was in the Cancun crew, right? Isn't that the way it works? <laughs> I don't know if he was there or not. I'm going to next year. Stop him in, though. Could you yeah. imagine Tabor's there? Yeah. They'd to be me, like, I'm gonna Kyle be like, who bit. are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm your, I'm your long snapper. I'm sorry. Could I have another margarita, please? Thanks. Oh, you're not a waiter? My bad. Oh, you're my team. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm going to take it a little bit different direction. It's not necessarily about the players they are extending. It's about when they do identify a cornerstone player, like a Bosa, like a Trent Williams, Kittle, whoever. Why do you have to wait so long to extend them? I know. You look at Bosa right now, and if you extend him before free agency starts, you're going to free up about $13 million. Yeah. Rumor came out that Armstead, yeah. they're looking to restructure him. The only, the only, don't do, do not do that. I agree. But the only reason that I would think they would do that is because they want to spend that $13 million. And that's what you get if you restructure Armstead as well. So they're like, okay, well, we're not going to extend Bosa now. We, we can't do that. Because that, that would set a bad precedent. Right, right. We'll let's let's extend. Er, let's let's restructure Eric Armstead for the second year in a row because that won't set a bad precedent. Correct, correct. So instead of restructuring Eric Armstead to free up thirteen million, why don't you just extend a player that you know you want on this team early, or at least attempt to? Also, doesn't his price tag go up the longer uh, he waits? I mean, other other like Brian Burns is going to sign an extension. It's going to be a lot, and then Bosa is going to get more. It's, you know, it, Bosa just—he's the defensive player of the year. There is no negotiation here. You just got to make him the highest-paid non-quarterback ever, and you want to do that. So do it and do it right away. Because 
you could do it in such a way that his cap number goes down in 2023 and you get cap space. He'll be expensive down the line, but there's no reason to wait around and create that cap space in August when you can't use it. That's a good point. Jesse, you make, to be fair, that was a great point. To be fair, good point made by me. Yes. I also would like them to consider guys that are not cornerstone players, but guys that they would probably prefer to keep like a Brandon Ayuk. I don't know if he's necessarily a cornerstone player. I don't think he's earned that quite yet, but I think he's borderline. a guy that they want to keep. He is borderline. He's borderline. I agree. He's borderline. They thought but, Debo was, but I'm thinking he's not now that they got McCaffrey because yeah. McCaffrey pretty much takes his whole job. Between yeah. McCaffrey and Ayuk, there is nothing Debo does uniquely, although he's still a threat. But here's the thing. The thing that killed me was Buckner is a cornerstone player. They traded him. Arm says not. I'm sorry. Good player, not cornerstone. You got to keep the cornerstone ones. Bosa, Trent Williams, Warner, uh, Buckner. <sighs> Greenlaw is not expensive. I'm not mad about that. But like Mosley, <clears throat> now you got two expensive corners and neither one is a great player. You got two very good corners. That's great, but you're paying for him. It's defense. You know in the fourth quarter against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, one or both of those guys getting called for a ticky-tack defensive holding penalty that's not going to be fair, but that's the NFL. You know it. And that's why the Chiefs don't spend on corners. I'm just saying. They draft them. They don't. They don't. It's a very bleak way to look at the NFL, but it, you, come on. You, we, we've seen the last few Super Bowls. Everyone in coverage in the, in the last 10 minutes of the game, flag, flag. Oh, you breathed on him. We want scoring. Okay, give him scoring. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But if you have a guy like a Brandon Ayuk or an Emmanuel Mosley or whatever, maybe try to extend him a year early and get out yeah. in front of the curve of the salary cap exploding. I'm not saying that every player is willing to do that. Like, we knew that it did, Bosa, with, it did with Greenlaw. Exactly. It did with Greenlaw. Great example. Yep. Beginning of the year. What? Do it so. And the same, same, same idea, right? Look, why wait? We know yeah. this dude's like we, we see this dude. He's about to kill it this year. Let's pay him now as opposed to after he's an all pro, which he almost right. was. Right. Uh smart. Freaking smart. So do I mean sign Bosa. Sign Bosa. Do it. And no, trade Bosa. Trade Bosa, Bosa for a guy. Trade Bosa for a first round pick and and draft someone coming off an injury. I think that would be the way to go. Do that. Ooh. Good idea. Because that's always worked out. Wasn't there a, a player that like just got arrested or whatever. We should draft that guy. Let's Who? do that guy. It was one. Of, I think it was a Georgia defensive player. Oh, Yikes yeah. I saw he wrote. I, I saw he wrote a, like a, a note about it in all caps, and I was like, yeah. "Uh oh, all caps, scary." Yeah. Um, plumbing God, wow, says resigns Taylor Pepper and extends Bosa. The front office kicks their feet up and calls it an off season. <laughs> I the, the Niners are so funny, man. They kick it off the off season with the long snapper. I mean. They're they're trolling. Looks like the Niners uh, may have no choice but to play Trey. Hopefully, Trey lands balls out before they pull the plug. Yeah, pretty much. Jordan Anderson says Eric Branch said Trey's play was meager in his new article. Seems like the new Lance narrative continues to be pushed by some beat writers. Poor kid. It's amazing. Again, it's like who was the quarterback in the Super Bowl this year? Jalen Hurts. What were his four, first four starts like? Meager. Actually, worse than worse than Trey's. But the Eagles stood by him because there were flashes, and they're not stupid. They understood what was at stake, what, what he could become, and they supported him, and they actually made it happen. They didn't hope. They didn't wish. They made it happen. And people are here like, man, Trey's not good enough because his – it's like, yo, you didn't learn the lesson from Jalen Hurts. You didn't learn. You didn't learn. 
Matthew Stafford's first two years were atrocious. Not not first four games. He played so poor his first year. Then, like Trey, in his second year, he got injured, missed a majority of the season. I mean, if you would have given up on Matt Stafford, it's a pretty good quarterback. Justin Fields, this fan base would have given up on. Peyton Manning. I mean, there's a lot of guys. And, and you would have supported guys like Nick Foles or Case Keenum. Like, there are guys, yeah. man. They win. <laughs> yeah, it seems like here. the Niners and their fans are really short-sighted. Like, they're not willing to go through any type of adversity with a quarterback. Like, you, th- the measure of a quarterback is do you win right away? Jimmy did. Brock did. Okay, that's our franchise quarterback. Okay, but they got hurt after eight games. And then the league caught up to him. And then the obvious physical limitations that were right in front of your face all the time became more apparent. And it's like, yeah, maybe you should have like actually committed to someone who with a little bit more upside and actually tried to shoot higher at the quarterback. But this thing, but you did it, do it. Sorry. I just keep like, I feel like I'm repeating myself. Okay. The Niners are expecting Mike McGlinchey to leave in free agency. Do you think it's right for them not to um, compete in this market for McGlinchey? I do. I do. I think this kind of goes back to the last topic where, and I think you said it really well, you can't extend everybody. And I think Mike McGlinchey fits under that mold. Here's the problem though, Grant. The 49ers, and I think everybody can agree, need to improve on the offensive line. If you lose Mike McGlinchey, chances are you're going to take a back step at right tackle. And so this is the conundrum that the 49ers are in. However, paying Mike McGlinchey to stay the same at right tackle and paying him 14 to $16 million a year is Thank a you. major mistake. Thank you, because that means you're going to get worse somewhere else. You get yep. worse at center. You'll yep. get worse at defensive tackle. You're yep. paying for that. And that's why I feel like, you know what, let him go. Start a rookie at right tackle or Spencer Burford, someone making a million dollars, and then invest at center. Invest at right guard. You can improve the offensive line while taking maybe maybe a step back. Again, can we stop pretending that Mike McGlinchey is good? He's not. He's almost not on the 49ers anymore. He's going to be some team else, someone else's problem in like two weeks. Can we? Can we just be honest then? Because I know he's like. I'm not a fan. You guys are fans. You got to support your players, and you've been doing that. But so, so pretty soon, you don't have to do that anymore, Michael Glitch. You just be honest. He's terrible. And so he's going to be the worst contract given out this offseason. Can be honest. Oh, my God. If I'm just hoping the, the, uh, the Bears don't do it because I'm kind of rooting for Justin Fields. You know, I, I don't know why. Young quarterback. I root for all of them. But, man, that is not who he needs. He needs a weapon. That, that is not a weapon. In any way. Can't, it's the bad kind are, of weapon. Are you secretly rooting for Justin Fields because you want Shanahan to have picked the wrong guy? <laughs> so you can no, I, I'm rooting, for, I'm rooting for Trey, too. I'm rooting for Trey, too. I think I tend to root for young black quarterbacks because, man, if you don't tear it up right away, they, you just get shelved. And then yeah. they see you at 31, and you're like, oh, remember Geno Smith? Oh, yeah. Oh, he's still in the league? Oh, oh, he's pretty good. Oh, As opposed to this other guy who got 8 million chances and was trash forever. Like, yeah, I'm kind of rooting for Justin. Yeah. You know, Mac Jones is going to get 800 chances even though he's trash. He's trash. Sure. Macaroni Jones. He's super trash. I'm going to say it. He's macaroni. Terrible. Are you kidding me? Mac, Macklemore. McCorkle. Macklemore. Macklemore Jones. <laughs> all day every day kim says uh people newsflash brock ain't elite in no physical way whatsoever we could have had pat deshaun lamar maybe allen could have had hurts 
Niners could have had Hurts, but they didn't want him. Yeah, I think, I think, to be fair, I think Brock, <laughs> I think Brock is elite in short area quickness. I do think he is. I agree. Now, that's, the, that's what I like most about him, man. I now, think he's physically, no, height, strength, weight, arm strength, no. But that that one thing is a I had difference no maker between him and being Jimmy Garoppolo. That's a big difference. It's, oh my god, his his. I, I saw someone say his ten yard split was one five five, which I haven't corroborated. If you look at Draft Scout, they have him at one six zero. That's super fast. Uh, Jimmy CMC fast. was like Jimmy was one eight. Oh my god, that is the slowest ten yard split I've I can find. Tom Brady was faster than that. Matt Ryan. And that explains so much about Jimmy Garoppolo. The For first sure. three steps, the first three steps, getting away from... Dude, this, you can't be that. And so now all of a sudden, I'm looking at 10-yard splits with quarterbacks this year. You got to have that. You got to have that burst to get away from defensive linemen. That's the most important thing. Forget 40-yard dash. I don't care. 10-yard split. That's what I want to know. It's the only thing that matters. Unless yeah. you're a dual-threat quarterback. Unless you're supposed to be one of the rushers on the team, then I want to know your 40 time too. But otherwise, it doesn't matter. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But if you're an edge rusher, a 10-yard split's great, too. Give me that. Yep, absolutely. Jaron H. says, did you see the crystal ball prediction risk Eisen? No. What'd he say? What'd he say? Not sure. Bill Nation says, trade Debo, trade Armstead, and trade garbage. Hey, the thing about trading people in the NFL is really hard. A lot of times, it doesn't help your, your cap situation, which is At strange. All. They should change that. They should it encourage trading. way like, worse. They should encourage trading in the NFL. It would make the whole league more fun. All right, so this is how it's starting to look that the Niners, the Niners seems like, it seems like the Niners' attitude is, Brock, whenever you're ready, it's your job. Week one, week two, don't care. You're, saddle up. Does he have the cachet to do that, to just walk in week one and start after no offseason? I do think Brock Purdy has the cachet to, if they are in a competition, that unless he shows something where he's regressed, doesn't matter how good Trey Lance plays during the preseason or OTAs or training camp that they would probably start Brock Purdy. But that is different than the question you are asking. I don't believe that he has the cachet to just sit out the whole offseason because he has things he needs to work on, too. Let's not forget that Brock Purdy was a rookie last year. There are areas of improvement there to sit out the whole offseason and walk in a week before week one and be like, yeah, I'm healthy. Let's go. Turn the team yeah. over to me. I don't yeah. think he has that sort of cachet. No. Brock freaking party back here. I mean, man, no. Absolutely not. Um, we. I mean, he hasn't accomplished anything. He started eight games. We're not talking about Drew Brees here where he's an established veteran and like Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey could do that. Nick Bosa yeah. could do that. Right. Fred, let's name the people on the team who could do that. Fred Warner, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, Debo George Samuel. Kittle, Trent Williams, mm, Debo. Debo has, though. I mean, he was almost the Super Bowl MVP, and he has an incredible season. It's true. It's true. Uh, not Purdy. So here's the what I think the Niners, I'm hoping this is what they're thinking. I th Trey's going to start week one. It's irresponsible to start Brock right away. What you want to do is buy as much time as possible. If it's the whole season, great. You want to buy as much time as possible. So Brock, 
Trey, you're starting week one, and it's week to week. It's kind of like starting a, a, a pitcher, and you don't know about him. He's right out of the minors. He spent, he's a first-round pick, and you're thinking, you know, we'll let you go, but we got someone waiting in the bullpen. And the, the hope is that Trey goes nine innings, and it's nothing to talk about. But if he struggles in the first inning, they'll bring in Brock. So it feels like that's the way I would handle it. Brock, we'll get to you if we need you. But this is Trey's season. And if Trey's play, Trey's play, if Trey plays well, we're just going to say, Brock, take your time. You got, you're, you're 23 years old. Take your time. You got a, a bright future ahead of you. That's the way I look at it. It's on Trey to play well enough to let the Niners do the right thing with Brock. Well, I mean, and we'll see how he we'll see when he actually even gets a surgery let's figure that out first but assuming that it happens next week the swelling's gone down he can have it next week it's a six-month recovery we're at the beginning of september before he's fully ready to go why not give it four weeks why not just say we're committing to four weeks of trey lance we're going to that'll at least give us some sort of glimpse into who this kid is before we just make the ultimate decision to move on from him completely. It's not enough, but at least it's something more than what you've gotten so far. It's going to give him week-to-week chances to improve, show his ability, and learn on the fly. Why not give him that and protect? If you think Brock Purdy can be the franchise, protect him for one month, and if you think he's that good, then he can walk in even if the team is 1-3 and and they can still make the playoffs because they've done it for the last two years. Why would this year be any different if you think Brock Purdy is that dude? That's what I would do. But think about it this way, though. Think about it this way, though. Think about it this way, though. It could be in Trey Lance's benefit to get screwed over right away. Okay? Let's say, not that I'm rooting for Trey over Brock. I don't care. But let's say uh, Trey puts in the entire offseason, gets benched week one for Brock, who's rushed back. Rushed back out of straight-up desperation. He's not quite himself. Plus, he has to play in the early part of the season when the Niners don't quite have an offensive identity, you know? And maybe he struggles. Also, what is the Niners' pattern? Every quarterback gets hurt. So instead of Trey Lance playing right away and sort of taking the hits and the, and the criticism when the offense is finding himself, he's the one who comes in in, in, in relief, Brock Purdy's the one who gets all the criticism early on in the season. Oh man, why isn't the why isn't he playing as well? What's up with the offense? Maybe we should get a look at Trey. And Trey's the hero that comes in. Not that I'm rooting for one to be better than the other, but all of a sudden it's a role reversal, right? Brock got to be the guy who came in in week 13 last year. Maybe he benefited from that. The offense had hit their stride. Everyone was healthy. Everyone was there. Trey didn't get to do that. Now maybe he gets to do that next year. Maybe that benefits him. Yeah, it it may. I mean, I I can see the pathway as to how that would. But I think if if you let's say they do believe that Purdy is the guy and that's set set in stone, that's who we ultimately want. I still think just resting him for that extra month would be crucial for him. I know I know that at 3 months you can throw. I know that at 6 months you're supposed to be fully ready to go. But essentially, throwing for three months to get ready to go is a lot different than being inserted into competition. If you're not inserted into competition for the full six-month period and you just walk out and you're supposed to be the starter, he's not good enough for that. He's not, he's not mature enough in his career for that. 
And I would expect even veteran quarterbacks to walk into a situation like that and struggle for a few weeks. So why would I think that Brock Purdy would just do amazing basically off the couch? I wouldn't. I think that would be unfair. I also got a, car- a cautionary tale. The, uh, the Eagles had Nick Foles and Carson Wentz. They thought, man, we got two quarterbacks. We got Carson mm-hmm. Wentz, who's a freaking MVP, and we got the Super Bowl winning gamer. And Carson Wentz got hurt. Foles won the Super Bowl. Wentz rushed back for some un- for some reason. Maybe he felt insecure about this, you know, two quarterback controversy, whatever. Rushed back, got hurt again, ruined his career. Never been the same. And then Nick Foles ended up not being the guy either. And then they had to move on and get someone else. So don't rush back Brock Purdy for some stupid reason. Be careful with him because you could ruin his career. Brock, you could ruin your career. Kyle, you could ruin his career. You have Trey Lance. Give him a chance. They rhyme. Lance and Chance rhyme. You have to give him a chance. It rhymes. It's true. Ominous24 says McGlinchey is like an SNL parody of an actual NFL player. Whichever GM gives him $15 million should be demoted to stadium greeter. To be fair. To be fair. To be fair. To be Agreed. fair. Agreed. Gizmo Malti says, truth, McGlinchey is terrible. PFF is wrong. They don't even give him a high grade. They're like, he's decent. And people are like, see? He's decent. He's so... <laughs> In your face, haters! Like, uh, okay, he's he's decent. I I want to say this though. The comparison is Mike McGlinchey, who's about to get paid fourteen to sixteen million, versus Colton McKivitz, who is probably a career backup and is worth maybe two and a half million. So when you look at this, is the old Jimmy Garoppolo, Nick Mullen, C.J. Beathard argument? That's exactly what's happening, but it's happening at right tackle with Mike McGlinchey versus Brunskill or Colton McKivitz or who who was the other cat that they played Tom Compton. Tackle? Tom Compton. Compton. Yeah. Tom Com- he's a free agent. They're bringing him back. I bet you they're bringing him back. How quick would Brock be running 13 times a game? They won't do that with him. Never. And they maybe Niners online coaches aren't that good. Chiefs got a lot out of a guy like Andrew Wiley. I think Forrester's pretty good, but what is he working with here? But Wiley, I mean, what was he? It's true. They did get a lot out of Wiley. Banks developed pretty good. I'll say that. I mean. It's true. All right. Um, I think we were all a little disappointed with the questions that were posed to John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. No offense to the people that were there. It's a tough one because there's out-of-towners asking questions too. Still, I think there was a lot of stuff that fans would have liked asked. So if there was a do-over, what questions do you feel would be like most important to ask John and Kyle? Kyle wasn't there, but if you were, I, I have three that I would love to ask. Maybe they can skirt around him, but the three that I would like to ask are, do you feel comfortable starting Trey? If Brock is unavailable week one, straight up, are you comfortable starting him? If Brock is unavailable, I need to know the answer to that. I want to know, assuming health, Will there be a quarterback competition? And if so, is there a current front runner? And then the last thing I'd want to know is, is it possible that you trade Trey Lance this offseason? Have you put any thought into that? And again, these guys are experts. They can skirt around these things, but I just want people to be direct and ask the questions that we all want the answers to. I have another question. You said all the right things about Trey last year. You said you love him. You said he's your starter. You said you didn't want Jimmy. You gave Trey all the starters reps. He was your starter. 
And then he got hurt in an injury that Kyle described as a freak injury. It, it, it just happened. It was a broken bone. What has changed since then? I, have your feelings about Trey changed since then? Do you have less confidence in Trey since then? Because it seems like you do. And if so, why? He broke a bone. What has changed? Yeah, Brock had a good eight-game stretch, but like, what has Trey done to seriously change your opinion of him? Yeah. Or, or, or was it all bluster last year? Was it all bluster? I don't understand. Yeah, were you ever actually fully bought into this thing? I don't get it. I mean, it seems like yeah. you said you believed in him. You started him. He got hurt. You don't lose your job based on injury. You should feel great about him coming back. But now it's like, yeah, man, I don't know. Like, we really hope Brock comes back, and we're going to be in the quarterback market. And man, Trey's got a lot to prove. Like, dog, like, he broke his leg. What are you talking about? What are you yeah. talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I don't get it. Is there, when you're... Rich, in, Rich Eisen said Trey will start the whole season. That's his bold prediction. Hey, oh, you know? Look, can I just prediction. say something real quick? Uh, they changed their tune on Brock Purdy real quick. Not real quick, but real drastically. In February, early February, Kyle was like, oh, yeah, he's good. He's going to be back in six months. He's good. And now, after talking to Dr. Meister, John Lynch is like, yeah, so here's the thing, like, He's a baseball surgeon, and he really made it clear, like, this is not a baseball injury. You know, when pitchers blow out their UCL, they don't hit their arm against anything. They just blow it out, you know, uh, due to wear and tear. Like, this is much more violent what Brock Purdy went through. And I think the Niners are sort of bracing for the possibility that this is a longer rehab. He kept using the word hope. Hope, oh, wishes and dreams. That's a lot different than yeah. It. He'll be back in six months. Which Expectation is the that was taken just a month and a half ago. A month ago? Not. A, I mean, a month ago, right? Less and than a month Andy ago? said they got. Andy said they got to be in the quarterback market when Kyle pretty much shot that down last month. Yeah. He's like, yeah. I mean, we got two starters. Two starters. We're good. Now they're like, yeah, we don't really got some uncertainty. We don't know. Yeah. Uh huh. And the other thing about Brock is, even if they do have, a, even if he does have surgery in the next two weeks. You don't know what his recovery is going to be like. So you got to be prepared for no Brock. Got to be prepared for no Brock. And that means bringing in another quarterback, either in the draft or in free agency or both. Because you know you can't keep a quarterback healthy. We, the only guy that I know of in the NFL that has had the internal brace surgery, which is what he is hopefully going to have. If he doesn't have that, we know he's not coming back in six months. It's Mullins? a nine month to a year. The internal brace. Mullins. Yeah, Mullins. 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 He's the only guy that that I know of that ha that has had this surgery. If you look at the way that Mullins got injured versus Purdy, Purdy's looks a lot more violent. A lot yeah. now that I that doesn't mean that it's worse or whatever. It just it looks a lot more violent. I'll say that, and I will also say that a lot of people put out, well, he was ready in five months because the Eagles signed him at the five month mark. But if you actually look at what happened in that scenario, they strategically signed him right after OTAs, meaning he was not ready to throw because if he was, they would have signed him two weeks earlier to be in OTAs. And he didn't actually start throwing in a competitive nature until about six and a half, seven month mark. That's very, very different. So yes, also, he, he got injured earlier. Month mark. He got injured earlier. He got injured in the regular season. He did. He, he had injured like he injured in like January. January. Yeah, he got injured like week fifteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he had surgery in January, and was signed 
in June, which was the five-month mark, but he didn't actually throw competitive passes until the end of July. So there was a reason for that. Can I ask you some prediction questions? No. You asked, do you, will just blew, blew well, right past you, that one. You know, you, you, no, fuck you. You 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 said one of your questions was, is there a scenario where Trey Lance will get traded? Do you think Trey Lance will get traded? I don't, but I think a you lot don't. of people want to know the the answer to that question. A lot of people think, I don't think he, he will. I don't think he will either, just because the Niners always wait too long to trade someone. I mean, even they'll be like, I, I'm over this guy. I hate this guy. Like like Jimmy, and then you'll hold on yeah. for like four years. It's like, what are you doing, dude? You said you're over him, but but they don't have any actual courage in their of their convictions. They don't. Isaiah Gill does. Trey Area, gotta love Isaiah. Does it all the time. <laughs> Trey Area. Um, what else? Do you think Trey starts all season? Do you hold on? Do you think Brock plays this year? How about that question? Do you think Brock plays this year? Yeah, I do. I don't know how it's going to happen. Could be injury. Could be he starts week one. I just feel like there's too many opportunities for Brock to play. It's either he's the incumbent and he's going to start week one because he's healthy. Trey gets injured. Or, I mean, the possibility exists. I'm a big Trey guy. But I've never once said that there is zero chance of Trey not just not being good. So it's possible that Trey comes in and is terrible for six weeks, and they're like, eh, okay, we've seen enough. We're going with Brock. That's possible. Absolutely. It's it's definitely within the realm of possibility. So I think, yeah, at some point, he would see some playing time. Do you? Let me give you a scenario. Let me give you a scenario. Trey starts week one. Okay. And it's mixed. He's inexperienced, but they win. As opposed to last year, week one, when they lost to, to Chicago with no Elijah Mitchell, no McCaffrey, no Kittle. Uh, Let's say they just, it's like 2019 and Jimmy's struggling early on, but they're winning and there's no reason to make a change. What they say is, you know, Brock's not ready yet. Brock's not ready yet. And they just let it roll and they win. He improves. He gets his feet underneath him. Eventually he's kicking ass the way Brock Purdy was because there's so many good players on offense and he's talented. Then it's like, you know what? We got the hot hand. There's no reason to change. That could happen. So again, this is all up to Trey. It seems like he does have an opportunity and it, he does seem like he's going to need to, all he has to do is win. All he has to do is win. And it would really help if he had some good game plans from Kyle Shanahan, man. Don't make him your featured rusher. He doesn't have to be your number one rusher, your number two rusher, or your number three. He's, he's, the, guy, he's the element of surprise. He is the element of surprise. That's what you're going to call him. That's his new nickname for the rest of the year. The element of surprise. Trey do Lance. you think there's a scenario where similar to what you just laid out, but Trey is playing undeniably at a high level. The team is not winning, and they would still stick with Trey. Oh, if they're not winning, it's, it's all Trey's fault. Yeah. So it's you don't Trey's think so? Even if he's playing undeniably very It's all well. Trey's fault. It's okay. all Trey's fault. Okay. Yeah, because Brock is just a... Uh, he's never lost. Yeah. Brock has never lost, and... That's a really crappy way to evaluate a player. If that's what the oh well, that's how the Niners do it. That's a really crappy way. I I will say this: if barring injury, if Trey Lance for whatever reason is given at least four weeks, maybe Purdy starts out on injury reserve, which is now what a four week thing. He's not giving up the job. 
it's not going to happen. I believe in this kid. I really do. So unless he gets injured, you give him four weeks. By the end of that four weeks, it'll be very obvious why he was drafted. That's my opinion. I like it. Uh, I got a little tangent. I am going to do it. I'm going to try my best to predict which quarterback the Niners draft this year. And it might be a UDFA. But I think I can do it. I predicted Beathard and I predicted Lance. I think I understand how Mike and Kyle scout quarterbacks. And I don't think it's very sophisticated. And I don't think they'd ever admit to it. But I think it's 100% scheme driven. They will not draft a quarterback unless they can see the guy under center turning his back to the defense doing play action. That's all they care about. That's all they care about. So a guy like Dorian Thompson-Robinson, forget about it. Never going to happen. Using the shotgun in a spread offense, playing for Chip Kelly. Kyle won't watch his tape. So I can think I can figure it out. I'm going to watch. You can, you can you watch three-minute highlights. If the guy is under center doing play action in the first 30 seconds, Kyle likes him. End of story. So just go through whoever the guys were available. Watch the three-minute highlights. You tell me. I guarantee that. I guarantee it. He didn't want Mahomes. He didn't want Justin Fields. I know why. Scheme. And that is his limitation. Andy Reid would never be uh, limited by that. He, he, he transcends that. Kyle should be able to too, but he's stingy, he's stodgy, he's conservative. He's a young conservative in a way. And I'm not talking Andy politically. Reed. I'm just talking like temperamentally. Yeah, personality-wise, yeah. A- Andy Reid went to Texas Tech and picked their brain. Once they drafted Mahomes, he's like, teach me the air raid. What do I need to know? What Jim, is, Harbaugh, what went, Jim Harbaugh went to Reno to learn the pistol. Yep. That's what good yeah. coaches do. Yeah. Hey man, I got this special athlete. He he feels comfortable doing this. I can do that. I can hey, I can give him what he does. I can sort of blend this together, put this in an NFL context. That's what good coaches do. And what's funny is like, you know, you look at the West Coast ops offense with Bill Walsh. It was split backs. No one does that anymore because the, they don't do it in college. If, if Bill Walsh were alive and he were a coach, he wouldn't do split backs under center anymore. He would adapt because that's what good coaches do. Meanwhile, Kyle Shanahan is so focused on putting together an offense that looks like the 1997 Denver Broncos. What he wants to do because that's the way offense should look. And it's like, you know what? How many, how many colleges pr- do that? How many colleges have that scheme that produce people that fit what you do? Less and less every year. Meanwhile, the best players in the league, in, co- in high school go to schools that do offenses that look like the Eagles. And they're like, great. Oh, you don't want Ohio State quarterback? Well, I'll take him. You don't want Oklahoma? I'll take him. And it, and it works. The Eagles Same. essentially have ran a college-style offense for Hertz. That's why he succeeded. But the, <laughs> the frustrating thing is, Grant, is he looks for players like you just said, and he has one in Trey Lance, but he doesn't use him like that. So he found a guy who fits everything that he wants schematically, who did the things that he wanted in college, 39% under center, play action passes, called his own audibles, called his own protections, verbose playbook. All of the boxes were checked. And he, and he uses them like Justin Fields. And Kaepernick. You turn him into Justin Fields. It's like, dude, if you wanted Justin Why? Fields, you could have drafted Justin Fields. If you wanted Justin Fields, you could have drafted Justin Fields. And you're trying to turn Trey Lance into Justin Fields. Why? That's another question, Kyle. Why are you trying to make Trey Lance Justin Fields when you didn't want Justin Fields? Why? Makes zero sense. It makes no sense. <sighs> he's he's using him like he used RG3, like the 49ers used Kaepernick, like... The Ravens used Lamar Jackson early on. The way that Justin Fields is being used, that's how he's using them. It 
it makes no sense whatsoever. None. None. And he Why, and Kyle? he's shown the cognitive tests that he also can succeed in reading defenses in split seconds, meaning he can turn his back to a defense and play action and read what's in front of him and react to it. He's shown that on film and in the test. Why not do that? To be fair, Kyle's a genius, so he knows what he's doing. Mm, that's yeah, true. we got to defer. We got to defer. Jeremy Price says, side note, say no to quarterback controversy. Please not, please let's not curse the dang the gang faithful i like jeremy jeremy came on my show today and was like hey man let's Mm. not let kyle shanahan hide behind the next quarterback controversy you know what i'm saying he lets everyone beat up on his quarterbacks and he sits back there like yeah that's right that's right neither one's good enough tear them apart like no man it's you those are your guys no jeremy's one of the most supportive people problem is is that the 49ers leave this way too open to interpretation you you retweeted my tweet the other day what what has changed, Grant? What's changed in one year when you look at the San Francisco 49ers? Last year, the 49ers were coming off of an NFC championship. They had plans for the quarterback who ended the season as the starter in some sort of fashion. That quarterback was injured and needed surgery, which changed their plans. They weren't sure about Trey Lance, who really hadn't played a lot yet. And... <laughs> like... What's different? What's changed between last year's offseason and this year's offseason? What is different? Nothing. They're weaker at quarterback and they're weaker on the offensive line. Let me say something real quick, which is interesting to me. So Jimmy's going to move on. And this is going to be a big a big one because Kyle feels like Jimmy's trash, mm-hmm. I think, and that Kyle propped him up. And Jimmy feels that Kyle's plays are trash mm-hmm. and that he propped him up. It's going to be interesting to see who's right because – we all took Kyle's side for a long time. And I think I still, I mean, I don't think Jimmy's good, but here's the thing. I'm starting to feel like it's Kyle's fault that the quarterbacks get hurt. And one of the things we said about Jimmy, Jimmy is not good for a lot of reasons, but one of the things we said about Jimmy is that he's not durable. Well, it's going to be interesting to see when he goes to another team, does he get hurt? If not, then that's an indictment on Kyle straight up. And what, look, look at Jared Goff. He was playing for a Kyle Disciple. He was done. He was hurt. He was washed up. They got rid. They basically paid Detroit to take him off their hands. Detroit is a good O-line. All of a sudden, Jared Goff is viable. Nay, he's good. Not great, but he's good again. It's like, damn, is that going to happen to Jimmy? And if so, what is that going to say about Kyle? Going to be very interesting. Yeah, I mean, Goff's putting up Pro Bowl numbers again. I mean, it's amazing what happens when you protect the damn quarterback. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious to see how this Jimmy Garoppolo thing plays out. I I personally don't think Jimmy's very good. And so I think there are tools that... The injury side will be interesting because that's... That's that's the most interesting thing. Yeah, that's the most interesting. As far as like playing good, Jared Goff has things in his toolbox that Jimmy Garoppolo will never have. That's true. Like... Jared Goff can legitimately throw. Oh, he throws beyond a fifteen yards, ball. and he can yeah, absolutely throw. He can make every single throw. There is now mentally, he's not probably the best, but neither is Jimmy. Andy can't make all the throws. So, what do you do there? Yeah. All right, well, that's our show. Uh, it's gotten a little too dark for Forty ers after dark. So we're gonna have to wrap it up. But do you have anything else going on tonight? I am actually going on Larry Kruger's channel here in fifteen minutes. But I will say this. 
go to last second sports. I'm close to 10,000 subs. So Please. if you enjoy me here, if you enjoy me here and you want more of Jesse, or if you hate me, I don't care. Just subscribe to last second sports and get me to 10 K for gosh darn sakes. His, his channel is phenomenal. I would hope to think that everyone, all 705 of you in here right now are already subscribed to Jesse's channel. But if you're not, what are you doing? Of all, of all the people in my coaching tree, Jesse is right there. I mean, Jesse's, Jesse's done as much with his channel as anyone I've ever worked with. His channel is phenomenal. It's A-plus channel. It's in the Michelin Guide of YouTube channels. Subscribe to it. Grant says, I'm, Gizmo Maltese, I'm not giving Gino any credit. Gino's doing great. I, I just actually mentioned earlier that, that you know, the reason I'm rooting for Justin Fields is I hope he doesn't become another Gino in the sense that Gino should have been gotten a second chance. Should have been gotten a second chance. Hold should've on. Should have been be gotten. Fair, to be fair, <laughs> I think if you ask Grant, do you want to face Goff in a playoff situation and are you afraid of Goff? The answer would also be no. You no. can praise a player and say, yes, they're playing much better than where they were in the previous place or they were written off, but it doesn't mean no. you believe that guy should be a franchise quarterback. But here's the thing, too. Team around. Here's the thing, too. Like, I'm always looking at the Niners from a critical perspective, like who can beat them? I know Goff can't beat them. We've seen that. I know Geno can't beat them. We've seen that. There's a specific kind of quarterback who mm -hmm. can beat the Niners. And what's funny is Carson Wentz is that kind of quarterback. Marcus Mariota is that kind of quarterback. Like, it's a type. They're out there. And you'd think that the Niners would invest in those. You invest in the quarterbacks who give them troubles. But no, they don't. It's so weird to me. Like, I'm just saying. Like, Trey Lance so, would, would beat you. Trey Lance would beat you. You know what I'm saying? Because he can get out of the pocket. Is, yeah. That not only can Kyle Shanahan not scout this archetype of a quarterback, but he can't scheme against it either. No, no. It's interesting. No, it's amazing. Like, he loses to Mariota, Russell Wilson all the time. He loses to Carson Wentz. He Damn near lost Josh the Allen. field with. Or did lose to Fields. Did and lose to Fields. Fields the year prior. I mean, Fields, Fields balled out the year before, too. I mean, yeah. he, he kept them in that game. He was great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was yeah, like I mean, the I mean, one game that Fields played well that whole season. Kind of Fields amazing. had like negative six passing yards for a game. Four you matters think, come down with the best defense. Guess what? Balling out. And then J Jalen Hurts. Uh, one more thing before we go, man. I can't I keep get, can't get over the Niners. Keep saying like, man, I wish we could have had a chance to compete in the NFC Championship game. I'm sorry. I'm gonna be an asshole real quick. You got your asses kicked. This is hold on. They knocked out two of your quarterbacks and scored 31 points. That is what an ass-kicking looks like in the NFL. That's an ass-kicking. Just own it and move on. I, I, it's been a month, but it still, get, it still gets me. It's like, yo, you really got eviscerated in a very, very physical, violent way. Like, you can't say that's a fluke. Move on. Two quarterbacks, 31 points. They I've, whooped that defense. They whooped that defense. I feel Four touchdowns. Like the 49ers, a lot of fans and the players, certainly, to be fair, <laughs> the fans should feel like the players do. And the players, the players, not only do they think they would have won the NFC Championship if Brock was healthy, they think if Brock was healthy, they were a lock to just waltz into the Super Bowl and win that too. They genuinely believe that in their heart, which is fine. But as fans, I don't think we should take that leap and say, oh, 
I mean, they were Super Bowl champions, basically, if Brock Purdy didn't get hurt. No, they weren't beating Patrick Mahomes. I'm sorry, they weren't. They weren't. It wasn't going to happen. W- name the one time that the 49ers have played the Chiefs, 2018, 2019, and this year, where Mahomes didn't go apeshit and the offense didn't put up a ton of points on the 49ers. It hasn't happened. Why do the, why do the Niners put so much uh, investments into their D-line? What do they call pass rushers? They call them the great equalizer, right? What does that mean? It means that if you hit the quarterback fucking hard enough, he might get knocked out of the game and you win. Like finding the Quidditch in, I mean, finding the snitch in Quidditch. It's like game mm-hmm. over. That's what yeah. you're talking about. The violence of the sport. The quarterback's the most important guy, but if you knock his ass out, then you win. They did it twice. They knocked out two of your quarterbacks and scored 31. Man, that's football. You can't say that's not fair. That's legit. That's legit ass kicking. But it's just once. Maybe next time you do it to them. But just stop. Just look in the mirror and see an ass. Just see the, see the, the you know, the black eyes. They're really there. You got knocked out. You got punched in the face. Pick it up. Knock them out next time. Joe Lewis got knocked out by Matt Schmeling, came back, knocked him out in the first round. America won World War II, and Nazis were defeated. I mean, that's, and it was all because of Joe Lewis. I'm just saying. He did it. The Nazis. The, yeah. 49ers have this attitude like it's always there's always something some special force that stopped them from winning a ring and I feel like it's clouding their judgment of what's really happened and thus also stopping them from actually improving that slight bit that they need to win a Super Bowl because they don't self-reflect right and it's like so many people are like well I mean, how can you be mad? Three NFC Championship games, they're right there. And it's like, I'm not mad. I just want them to win the Super Bowl, and I'm afraid that they're going to never do it and just be that group that we're like, and we were right there. And we should have won this year, and we should have won that year. and we should No one gives a fuck about the people who should have won, and they don't get in the history books, and they don't get hardware, and no one cares. So I'm, I'm on their side. I want them to be in the history books. Does, any, does anybody who wasn't from that era care about the four straight Super Bowl appearances from the Bills. Do you care about the Philadelphia Eagles going to four straight NFC championships with Andy Reid and Donovan McNabb? Do you care even about your San Francisco 49ers who 10 years ago were going to three NFC championships in a Super Bowl and not winning? No, you don't no. care. When you're in the no. moment, it feels awesome to know that you're always competitive. I understand that euphoria. But in 10 years, if they don't win it during this run, this run that, by the way, they can't play Trey Lance because it's a Super Bowl window, you just have egg on your face. Nobody remembers it. Nobody's going to care in 10 years. Not a single solitary soul. None of you. What, you. what you will remember, though, is George Kittle singing at the NFL Honors and Debo Samuel saying that the Eagles were trash, and them saying that the Bosa got held, and a bunch of sour grapes, and a bunch of people posturing and acting like champions before they sealed the deal, and they'll just look silly in retrospect. That's why they got they got to seal the deal. It's really important. And I'm looking you, at two years. It, you know they they might be able to do it in a few years, but with Armstead and Kittle and Trent Williams, you got to do it. You got two years. That's the window. Two years. You know what's going to happen? In 10 years... If they don't win a Super Bowl, we're going to have alumni night. And alumni night's going to be this team 
showing up and mm. we're going to go, why is this team here? Why are we celebrating this team that didn't win a Super Bowl again? Just it's going like to be a random halftime. It's going to be a random halftime. They're going to get some golf claps and it's going to be that. There's going to be 10 players in the field yep. and be like, oh yeah, I remember George. Oh my God, it's juice check. Remember yeah. when we all used to do the juice chant? Oh, that was so much fun. Yeah. Oh, Trent Williams, best it. left tackle of all time, man. Look at yeah. this CMC. Remember CMC? How good? Oh I, yeah. I always had him on my fantasy team. That's the that's what's gonna happen. And then and then halftime's over, and then you forget about them for the rest of your life. Yep. That's it. <laughs> Moving on. That's why it's so important. That's why I keep being like, hey man, it's not good enough to be second place. But a lot of fans feel like, I mean, in the moment, to your point, it feels better than being the Raiders. For sure, it feels it better than yeah. being a freaking. Rams fan right now, although I think the Rams wouldn't trade paces, places with the Niners. I I don't know why we would trade places with them. Like we also, would want we should no we would want to trade places with. Them. I would why think so. We? Also, don't write off the Rams yet. If if Stafford could be healthy next year and Cooper Cup too, well, that's a team with mm, one of the best quarterbacks in the in the NFC. Right 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 away, they're right there. I'm not saying he's healthy. I don't know what's up with Stafford's elbow. I don't know. Elbows. How's your elbow feeling, Jesse? Pretty good. I got good. I have elbows. a great elbow. I have wonderful yeah. elbow. Shoulder, not so great. <laughs> Lower back, sometimes that hurts. I get sciatica sometimes. Knees and ankles, I think it's not stress. so great for me. Knees and uh, ankles? Sciatica might be from sitting in a chair and streaming forever. <laughs> that could be it. True. I'm trying to be like real ergonomically like this. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to like do this. it right there, yeah. From now on, yeah. yeah. All right. That's good. That's the show. Uh, loving the new mic, Grant. My eardrums, thank you. So when I go it's not too bad it doesn't it doesn't clip too bad okay it's all right no definitely doesn't it's much better than the old one well um shout out to jesse for showing me how to do all this i didn't text you too frantically too often i kind of figured it out you did a good job man you did actually a really good job i hey golf clap to you man hey golf clap to you i'm two days away and one cable away from having a serious 4k um camera and I, I don't often look at the Microsoft Excel spreadsheets YouTube channel because, but I, I went recently and I noticed he has like really good setup and stuff. I'm like, damn, man, I fell behind the, the spreadsheet. So I'm, I'm catching up, catching up. You see, catching you see, up. You see the little details in my mic foamy. You're going to see yeah. those in Grant soon. It's going to be great. It's not going to just are look you, like a flat black. <laughs> are you streaming in 4K? Not in 4 Well, StreamYard only does 10, 1080p, unfortunately. Oh. So it's going to pisses me off. That it really pisses suck. me off. It does suck. But it's going to be true 1080p versus the webcam 1080p. So instead of just looking like everything's flat, see how it kind of behind me, it's a l- slightly blurry look, separates me from the that. background. Gonna gonna You're going to have that. Cinematic look. Mm-hmm. Cinematic look. I like it. Well, um, five minutes. Jesse's going to be on with Larry Kruger. He's great. Love him. You guys work late. It's fucking 1030 on the East Coast. It's what I do, man. It's what, what I, I do, do, baby. It's what I do, baby. Have a good be time. Fair, that's what I do. Go over to Last Second Sports. Give me the 10K. <laughs> Appreciate y'all. To be Love fair. You. Yeah. Later. <laughs>